Welcome to the BCP and Me, a podcast that explores the Book of Common Prayer as a manual for living out our lives. My name is Father Tyler Richards, and I am joined here by Father Joshua Nelson as we continue our discussion around the Book of Common Prayer and how it teaches us to live our lives. Good afternoon, Father. Good afternoon, Father. How are things where you are? Things where I am are very wet. Uh, since our last podcast, the Ohio River has risen to levels I was not expecting, and I've never lived on the river before, and that is a very scary thing to watch the river rise, um, but it's back down now, although today's rainy. Any, I, I didn't get to see a rainbow today, so that was nice. So no thoughts of becoming a shipwright as a, as a bivocational calling, you, or to collect all the animals, or... Um, you know, I was mostly just concerned about my cat and whether or not I needed to move my car. So (laughs) I don't see God calling me to save all of creation at this point. Well, you don't have the requisite beard now to actually build an ark. So I don't, don't, so nor the three sons and their wives. Right. (laughs) So I just realized today while uh, having a bit of lunch, that we haven't talked about your uh, your new cure, your new your new place in life, what you're doing. So no, we keep getting introduced as Father Tyler Richards of St. Anne's and yeah. Joshua Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> so, Father Joshua Nelson, tell us about your new cures, and I say cures as in plural. Yeah, um, and you're a, verita- you're a veritable medicine cabinet these days with all these cures. You beat me to it, dang it! Um, no, so I am now serving a yoked in yoked ministry, um, which sounds very eggy, but um, you're supposed to laugh at that. Please laugh at that. I was, I was just, I was just going to make sure you didn't end up cracked by the end of the joke. So. Uh, uh, uh. So, and I don't, I don't like to beat these things to death. So, yeah, well, my, my head's a little scrambled today. Anyway, we are uh, in uh, yoked ministry. Means you have two or more parishes being served by the same priest. And uh, I have moved from northern Indiana down to the Ohio River, as I, I just discussed. I'm living in Gallipolis, Ohio and uh, serving St. Peter's Episcopal Church here in Gallipolis, which is uh, uh, over almost 170 years old, and um, also Grace Episcopal Church in Pomeroy, Ohio, just upriver, um, which is about the same age. And uh, so I hit both parishes on Sunday morning, just did that for the first time this last Sunday, and tested out my pastoral stamina and uh, you know, it's different doing multiple services at one parish rather than driving 30 minutes to the other one. And I know, Father Tyler, you have played that game before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And so I'm about a month into that. And today we're talking about how to manage one priest and two churches 30 minutes apart during Holy Week. Um, you know, every priest's dream. <laughs> Child's play. Anybody can do that. 
But I, I will take this moment for a shameless plug. If you are in either of our areas, the Green Bay area or uh, around Galpolis, Ohio, um, down along the river on some weekend, feel free to check us out. Yeah, there are websites, there are Facebook pages. Um, we're very easy to find and, uh, and uh, more and more easy to find. I am finding as this digital age that we're being swept up in continues. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on your new calls. And I'm sure that your people will be served well by you. Uh, and are being served well. Um, I just I wonder if if we can arrange like a steamboat to like pick you up in one town and then like ferry you up to the next and then I I would be all about that. Okay, well uh, we'll 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 talk to our our friend Samuel Clemens and see what he can come up with. Perhaps <laughs> whose whose grandparents lived in a house just upriver here. So so no people in the area. Yeah, we know people in the area. Well, Father, I'm also aware this coming Sunday is Terry Sunday, which means we're halfway through Lent now. How are you yes. doing that? Uh, how am I doing through that? Uh, this Lent has been a time of, um, of transition in the life of my parish. Um, and we're really living into that, uh, into that moment in our life as a parish, um, we're transitioning back into in-person worship. We had been wandering in the wilderness, it seems, for such a long time. And then uh, the bishop gave us to go ahead to go back into worship. And it seems, or it would seem to many that going into public worship during Lent almost seems bizarre. Because in Lent, we talk about giving things up and we talk about self-sacrifice. But yet here in Lent, the parish is finding new life for itself. Um, well, and, and this weekend marks one year today, actually, well, this is going out on Friday, but um, this Thursday marks the one year since the CDC and the and WHO announced that this was a global pandemic. Right. And this weekend is um, the one year anniversary of many of us, stopping in-person worship and there are some that have not been back since yeah yeah and and that's a that's a pressure that has been felt keenly by my congregation um and we had some time together over the summer but it was brief relatively brief uh because the cases here in brown county exploded uh spiked like nobody was expecting and uh we were shut down until the first sunday of lent and so um Lent has been a time of uh, exploring how to be still while surging forward in life. Um, it's it's meant uh, it's meant a lot of different things in in our time of life. Uh, uh, personally, Lent has been uh, has been a, a real season of growth for me, as Lent should be. Uh, mm-hmm. Just learning to stretch in unexpected ways. Um, what about you? How's, how's Lent going for you? Well, I'm really blessed that particularly in Gallia County, where Gallipolis is, uh, has real, had a really no, low numbers um, and are doing really well with vaccinations. Um, Pomeroy and Mixed County is a little higher, 
but uh, I'm able to, I've been able to have in-person worship for the last couple of weeks. Um, we started um, the last Sunday of, uh, after Epiphany. And this last Sunday, we got to pull out our Books of Common Prayer for the first time in a year. Wow. Um, because now we know a little bit more about the virus. It's only getting used once a week um, by one service on Sunday, and then it doesn't get used for another seven days. And uh, that's enough for things to kind of die. Um, but to just have those in our hands on Sunday, we're not singing yet, but to have the Book of Common Prayer in our hands. And I think that's part of why we started this podcast when we did is because this book um, this collection of prayers means so much to us, both at home and in the pews. Well, and it's true what they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Uh, you know, so many of us talk about missing the familiar cadence of prayer and missing the familiar cadence of music. And, you know, my congregation's first Sunday back people were spontaneously bursting into tears and I may have been one of them to actually hear the under or to hear the other side of the prayers coming back at me from the congregation. Oh yeah. Um, I think, I think oftentimes there's this idea that that priests will pray no matter who's in the building with them. But the fact of the matter is, is that we aren't who we are without our congregations. We can't, we can't serve in the way that we're called to serve without people to serve. And, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, it was myself and my deacon um, and a subdeacon. And it was a very diminished sound. The prayers were still being said. They were still being faithful, being said faithfully and rubrically, mm-hmm. but the sound wasn't as rich. And now that we have the familiar sound of the congregation echoing back to us, it 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 sounds like Pentecost. Yeah, and I, I wonder um, <laughs> when we pray the Sanctus and where that comes from in Scripture, um, the prophet sees the seraphim around the throne of God echoing back to each other, holy, 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 holy. And it, this isn't, coming to worship God is not something we do alone. Right. We talk about it being with one voice, but uh, it's, it's one voice in a canyon. It is the voice of a multitude. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um. It's it, it's really it's really great to be back, um, and and my hope is is that we get to stay back as as vaccinations continue to roll out in all places and and people continue to feel comfortable getting vaccinated and getting fully vaccinated and what the CDC is saying about gathering after you're vaccinated. It almost feels like there's this. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx something, but it almost feels like there's this great feast of of what's that R word that I'm looking for? Um, resurrection that might be on the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's that that four letter word that we've been so afraid to say 
for so long, but hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'm glad you mentioned music. We're so ready for it to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even just being in a room with a bunch of people and having a piano play or having the organ play, even if we're not singing, there's something that changes in the resonance Mm -hmm. uh, with people in the room. And uh, so I know that that day will come. But today on the church calendar, we remember Gregory the Great, um, bishop and theologian, Pope of Rome, um, but who is known for um, kind of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Codifying the church's music. This is where we get Gregorian chant, right? Uh, and the uh, Libra Usualis, which is for centuries the hymnal of the church, mm-hmm. uh, plain chant. And some of that has come over into Anglican song and in our hymnal. Um, In fact, yesterday I was watching um, uh, the United States versus Billie Holiday and noticed all these Catholic influences in her life that appear throughout the movie. So I did a little research and found that when she was very young, she was forced into a, a Catholic boarding school and there was um, compulsory mass every day. Mm-hmm. And that actually became part of her life. But she, from a very young age in Baltimore, was singing the chants out of the Libra Ozoalis and how that influenced her jazz and her sound and her voice. Um, again, there's, there's a fine not so marked line between the secular and the sacred music. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was having a conversation with my organist not too long ago, and she reminded me that some of the hymns that we have for sacred music actually started out as tavern songs. Yeah. Telling me this great story about the Wesley brothers who did some of that work. So there is indeed a fine line between Saturday night and Sunday morning. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a professor uh, in college, he was a church music professor, but talked about when he was young, he would uh, borrow, in quotes, the stand-up bass from the church to take it to the club and play at night and make sure it was back a certain number of hours before worship on Sunday morning so it could be re-sanctified for worship. (laughs) But yes, that's how that works. That's how that works. Well, before we go any further down this rabbit trail, perhaps you should pray for us the collect for the feast day of St. Gregory. I will gladly. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, you raised up Gregory of Rome to be a servant of the servants of God and inspired him to send missionaries to preach the gospel to the English people. Preserve in your church the Catholic and apostolic faith they taught that your people, being fruitful in every good work, may receive the crown of glory that never fades away. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So to continue our conversation that has been ongoing today, uh, we thought that we would talk about uh, a couple of different features of of what is 
roughly codified as part of the daily office, but is a little more subtle than what we find in morning prayer and evening prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we thought today we would talk about an order of service for noonday, which begins on page 103 in the Book of Common Prayer, and then also the daily devotions for individuals and families. And those services start on page 136 in the Book of Common Prayer. I'm sort of I'm sort of subtitling this episode. Have you had a break today? Um, not to rip off anybody's marketing campaign from 10, 15 years ago, but asking ourselves the question: When do we stop? We begin our day. Hopefully, some of us uh, are feeling more comfortable in beginning our days with prayer. Um, whether it is the full form of the office or it is one of the shorter forms and the daily devotions that we're going to talk about. And then we're off to the races. And then, you know, we've slogged down three cups of coffee and we've returned 42 phone calls and we've typed 53 emails and, you know, uh, perhaps we've graded papers and perhaps we've changed diapers or perhaps we've gone shopping and, and our lives are just in full tilt and full tilt and full tilt. And we just go. But you're not experiencing any of this personally. No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and this is something particularly hard for the clergy where what we're doing all day, we can say, justify and say, I am doing the work of God, right? Yeah, I, I, I turn into Gregory Peck or something. But um, it is important. It is very, so very important to take that break midday. And the noonday office, um, Cranmer, or those that develop this, get it out of what are known as the little hours, and uh, that's the, the three little services in the middle of the day for the monks. And usually these are around lunchtime and around nap time because in the heat of the day is not when it's best to go and, and do manual labor, right? Exactly. Um, so you do your work kind of in the morning and you do your work toward the late afternoon, but in the middle of the day, uh, you go to most monasteries, they're very quiet, not necessarily because they've taken a vow of silence, but because everyone is sleeping. Um, because that's an important part of our life with God as well, taking that rest, that midday rest. Um, and that is broken up by a pause, what is literally a pause. It's really short. The right. service is not this lengthy thing. Um, the, there's no new readings to kind of make you think and get you stuck in. It's familiar. It's, it is a glass of cool water. Mm. Mm. And, you know, as we, as we look at the order of service for noonday, you know, starting on page 103, we see that it begins with the, with the familiar call out to God, O God, make speed to save us, and the response, O Lord, make haste to help us, and then the glory be, and then the A word that we're not allowed to say during Lent, 
<laughs> and and then we have this collection of psalms that are all sort of tacit reminders or as, actual tacit calls for help. It reorients us to where to where our help, to where our strength to do the work that has been given us to do comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 119 begins, Your word is a lantern to my feet and a light upon my path. Psalm 121 begins, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where is my help to come. And Psalm 126 begins, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then were we like those who dream. These these ancient songs of the church that are, you know, if, if, if we could, if we could sort of draw any natural parallels would just be that, that cry out for help. Mm-hmm. And it's simultaneous. I think a cry for help and a reminder to ourselves that the help that we're praying for has already arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that it is not something that we do ourselves. Right. I mean, we have to appeal to God. Every every work, at least in the Benedictine monastery, is begun and ended in prayer, as yeah. all good works should be. Um, not that we're Benedictine in any shape, form, or fashion <laughs> in our own spiritualities. We just talk about Benedictines all the time. Um, but this this reminder that you know we live and move and have our being in Almighty God. And part of having our being in God is resting in the presence of God, mm-hmm. taking these these breaks. Um, and I think it's a part of our spirituality that we gloss over. And 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 why do we gloss over it? Because we don't have time. At least that's 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 the old adage. I would do noonday prayer, but I I don't have time. Yeah. I got time. <laughs> um, everybody's got a few minutes. And if the, lo- if the long form of noonday prayer, in quotation marks, is too long for you, then even the daily devotions there can help you out. Mm-hmm. And even if you are not wanting to turn to the structure though we highly recommend it, it is just so helpful. But even to begin, if this is new to you, just to begin set and, and you know, smartwatches are doing this kind of for us now, mm. but setting that time that um, you stop what you're doing and you stand up and you step away from the computer for five minutes mm-hmm. or um, you sit back and close your eyes for just five minutes take some deep breaths and that's really all this takes is about five minutes. If it takes that long. Yeah. And, and what I love is that it's a much simplified version of, of the other offices, but all of the same elements are there. There's the elements of praise, there's scripture, there's the Lord's prayer. There's the collects for, for that particular time of day. And then of course, a doxology of some kind. That familiar structure is embedded into this service, um, so you don't lose the thread. Mm-hmm. It, it it pulls you back in. When I love on page one hundred six after um, after we've done the psalms and these 
short snippets of scripture that you meditate on. Um, it says a meditation, silent or spoken, may follow. And it, it almost, it's like the framers, the writers of the prayer book assumed that you're going to take a moment to just sit with it. Just sit with it. Um, I'm kind of reminded of that episode of Mr. Rogers when he talks about how long a minute is mm. and takes a minute of silence, just staring at his watch on the television screen. And even as, I think even more so as adults than as toddlers, we're on the other side of the screen going, do something, say something. Oh my gosh. But this is where God is saying, no, 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 no. Be still. And yes, you want to say something. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of our, of our, uh, of our seminary dean when we were there, uh, Bishop J. Neil Alexander, Bishop, if you're listening, hello, um, used to say to groups of frenetic seminarians, and trust me, all seminarians to some degree are frenetic, mm-hmm. don't just do something, stand there, as opposed to the, uh, the way that it's commonly parsed out. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time hearing that going, wait a minute, oh, Oh, it's okay. It's all right. That 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 call, that reminder to be still and know that God is God, and I am not. Thanks be to God. Um, to take that refreshment. Yeah, and it, it, it sounds so familiar. What is that? Be still and know that I am God. How many of us take that as just quit? right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's something that is sold on plaques at Hobby Lobby. But if you really internalize that, just be still and know that I am God. That's one of the hardest things for us to do, especially in the middle of the day. And if we're honest about it, and if we do a little bit of social commentary, which we're not often apt to do on this show, but if we if we do a little social commentary on this episode, it's that our lives move too fast. They do. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter and and uh, Father Joshua's uh, niece, uh, honorary niece, is 14 months old. I'm taking her to get her first haircut tomorrow. No, 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 no. She... She was born at the beginning of the pandemic when the United States was just learning the word coronavirus and Mm COVID-19. And her life has transpired in front of my eyes, and I'm going to get verklempt, but her life has transpired in front of my eyes in a flash. And I count all the moments that I've already missed. And and you... We are so blessed out of this pandemic that there is actually, we've been able to spend so much more time. I mean, even myself included through FaceTime or making trips up to see you, um, these things that would not have been available, I would have been too busy for before all this, right? 
Well, and it can even so fast, even you with your own nephew. Yeah. You know what, what, what a, a period of reorientation this has been in terms of family life of, of you getting to spend so much time with him. Mm -hmm. And, and that was something that we found to actually be a blessing for us is that, you know, my daughter was born and then I had four weeks of paternity leave, which every father should have at least four weeks of paternity leave. Don't at me. I, I, I will stand up and preach on it. Um, and then I went back to church for two, maybe three weeks yeah. before the churches were closed down. And then I had this long period of just being with my wife and my daughter for months up until I moved to Wisconsin. Yeah. Dur during which time both of us moved and had major transitions in our lives. Yeah. But in a strange way, it was smoother and slower than it would have been. Right. These other things not been happening. And if we, if we take that and we shrink it down to the, to the most minute five minutes of our life and say, what if we spent five minutes a day just taking stock of the presence of God in our lives and reminding ourselves, you know, where God is and everything. I wonder what that would be like. And I wonder if there's something in the prayer book that can help me do this. Oh, wait. Page 103. Well, and, and I'm going to kind of jump ahead for us a little bit. Um, after that meditation, we have the Kyrie, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. We're kind of reminded of the Mass. And then the Our Father, but a shortened version of it. It doesn't have the doxology at the end. But we end in conclusion, I think, with what the focus of this really is. Let us bless the Lord. And all God's people say, Thanks be to God. But even, even those concluding collects, you know, even those, those little nuggets of the collects, um, the reminder or the prayer for, for God to send the Holy Spirit into our hearts, the reminder of what Jesus did on the, did on the cross during the noon hour, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that, that, um, that Jesus called Paul to be an apostle to the Gentiles, to remind us to be an apostle to all of those that we meet. And then this, this last concluding collect, peace, Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. There are, there are days when I get to the middle of my day and all I want is for somebody to come along and say, sit down, be still, and rest. Mm -hmm. and, remind, and being reminded that Jesus said, peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. It, it's our cool down at, at, the, at the hot, literally at the hottest point of the day. Mm -hmm. At high noon, we have this cool drink of water. We have this slow down pause. We have this moment of thanksgiving and peace. And it, it resets your heart. 
it literally, and I'm not speaking fi- uh, figuratively, it literally resets your pulse. Yeah. What a what an awful way to spend five minutes. <laughs> How dare they think of this? I mean, just think about how reorienting your day in a way like that helps you answer emails more generously, how it helps you work with coworkers more, uh, more graciously, mm-hmm. how it reminds you that we're all fighting hard battles and how it, it roots you in your humanity, but it also roots you in your belovedness. Um, and how necessary it is for all of us. Mm. Um, I found a, a couple of days ago one of these memes that just pops up on Facebook because we're priests and we keep getting things about scripture and famous things that saints have said on Facebook that's how the algorithm has worked um, but uh, St. Comgall of Bangor wrote do not practice long drawn out devotions but give yourself to prayer at intervals as you would to food And what a perfect segue into talking about the daily devotions for families and individuals. Now, for those of you that are playing along with the home game, we're on page 136 in the Book of Common Prayer. And these little, uh, I guess in, I guess in the, in the, in my a past life, I probably would have called this the slimline version of the offices, mm-hmm. um, are no less valuable than the full-on offices. What I actually find really compelling about these devotions is not just the fact that they can be said by individuals, but the fact that they're so easily memorized. And if you're not very careful, you can find yourself getting looped into looking at the clock and going, oh, it's, it's um, you know, it's eight o'clock. It's time for me to be at work. Oh, I didn't do the office today. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I remember there's that, there's that daily devotional for in the morning. Open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And suddenly you've fallen head over heels into the office. Yeah. Into saying your prayers. And anyone who suffers with anxiety, I'm, you know, at least for me personally, this is one of those things that my, she hasn't exactly mentioned this, but my therapist goes to, you find those phrases to say over and over again that you can think or you can say, and it immediately transports you into a realm of peace. Mm -hmm. It immediately recenters you. And that's what these words do. Um, Like, Oh, I just, in, in the early evening on 139, Oh, gracious light, pure brightness of the ever living father in heaven. Oh, Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. I say that and I'm immediately in Chapel of the Apostles as the son. Yeah. And you're also hearing it sung. Yeah. <laughs> We're similar enough to know that when we hear that, it's actually being sung in our heads. Um, yeah. Um, what a 
what a powerful moment of, of, of transportation that you don't even need Starfleet to have. You're instantly in another, (laughs) you're, you're instantly in another time in another place where your heart is grounded in these things. Yes. Uh, Spock would pray the daily office. (laughs) I'm, I am, I am sure of it. We could probably do an episode on Star Trek and the Book of Common Prayer, and and maybe we should at some point. That might be fun. Uh, I've got enough. I've got enough trickies, and you've got enough trickies in your friend group that that could turn into a really exciting podcast. Maybe maybe we'll put that one on the episode development list. But yeah. stay with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see where this goes. But it's it's for me being able to pull that one out of my pocket. It, yeah. it, it's, it's how transportable those daily devotions are. And it also answers the argument, well, I don't have five minutes to do this, that, or the other. Great. Have you got two? You know, and I'm not saying that you should, you should always make your prayers as brief as possible. But remember that the Apostle Paul reminds us to be anxious about nothing but to make all of our needs and anxieties known to God in prayer. Yes. Taking those nuggets of time and, 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 you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a chicken nugget, you know, sometimes it's little bitty nuggets of time. And then sometimes it's a T-bone steak of time. Yeah. It it is. It's a worship snack. Yes. Yeah. A worship snack. snack. It's it's bread for the journey, you know. Uh, Well, and that's the Lord of the Rings one, but that's a whole other episode too. But (laughs) Uh, indeed, Uh, and and so I think I think what you know, one of the real embodied themes in this series of the Daily Office, because we are still talking about the Office. Uh, we're talking about different parts of it now, but we're still talking about this practice of entering our lives into this rhythm of prayer is as much as it is a time to worship God and as much as it is a time to adore God and to give thanks to God and to offer our prayers of, of praise and thanksgiving up to God, it's also a time for us to be nourished yeah it's a time for us to be restored in that in that holy conversation that happens between us and the holy spirit you know where the spirit intercedes on our behalf with cries that are too deep for words um and you know the sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath right we were not made you know simply to, you know, offer sacrifice and do these things. Those things were done for us. Right. So that we can be in relationship with God in some way, somehow, that we cannot comprehend or, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no tongue has confessed. But in these little ways, we get closer and closer to the bosom of God. 
I, I know for, for some, it, it seems a radical thought to punctuate a day in prayer. And, and lives, lives are fast-paced for various reasons. And I, I know we've made light of some of the hustle and bustle of, of life. And there are times in our lives when things are just absolutely off the rails. And it's not to say that if your life is in a place like that, that there's something wrong with the life that you're living. I, I, I don't mean to say that at all. All of our lives are busy. But we have to remember who we're living our lives out with. We have to remember who is there supporting us along the way, who isn't just some casual passerby, some Johnny-come-lately that moves through our lives on occasion, but rather that which is the eternal, that which is abiding, that which stays with us. Um, that, which, that which became one of us in right. order that we may know him. I mean, you know, even being mindful like that is something. In, in another one of the devotional manuals that, that I use, um, St. Benedictine's, or I'm sorry, St. Benedict's prayer book, one of the other options that's out there for morning prayer is when you wake up in the morning, you say, I bless my God this day. I thank my God this day. I ask for God's help this day. And then you get up and you brush your teeth and you get ready and you go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are all sorts of these little uh, worship snacks, trademark, um, that, that punctuate the Christian life. The Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And, you know, if, if you're down with Mary, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, son of Mary, have mercy on me, a sinner. Even, thanks for saying that, it's not in our prayer book. But if you're down with Mary, um, and Mary, Mary in devotion, uh, the Hail Mary, even, mm-hmm. um, is one of those things that I often switch between the Lord's Prayer, the Jesus Prayer, and the Hail Mary mm-hmm. when I need to refocus myself. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do your research. You can, you can look far and wide on the internet and you will find a thousand of these little nuggets that are out there just waiting for you to pick up and incorporate into your prayer life. But I think what we're trying to say is that you have the opportunity. You have a moment and by cultivating that moment, you give yourself the opportunity to cultivate more peace. You give yourself the ability to cultivate perhaps, dare I even say it, more patience. I know that's a dangerous word. I know that's like praying for wisdom. That only comes about with practice. But the daily office acts not only as... as sustenance but also as speed bumps Mm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we got to slow down from time to time 
We got to think about why speed bumps are where they are. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, Father Joshua and I thought that we might share with you the daily devotion for families for in the early evening that is found on page 139 in the Book of Common Prayer. We didn't really talk about how we wanted to do this, Father. So would you like to do the opening collect? I will do the reading. You do the Lord's Prayer. And then I will pray the concluding collect. That sounds good to me. I, I would like to point out the rubric here. This devotion may be used before or after the evening meal. And um, I have friends and have been in households where this is used as kind of prayer for dinner. Mm. So at the table, pray in, early, in the early evening and then eat together. And I, I, just, I just love that. It's got a certain Benedictine feel to it as well. It does. Um, also, if you have a candle nearby, I encourage you to light it and, and, and focus your attention onto that, um, especially for the early evening devotions um, as the light of the world comes into the world. Let us begin. O oh, gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O oh, Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now, as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. At this point, the rubrics allow for prayers to be offered for ourselves and for others. Tonight in particular, I'd like to uh, lift up and pray for the repose of the soul of a young man named Nathaniel, whom I knew in college, who recently passed away after a fight with cancer and COVID. Let us pray the words that Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen.
Amen. I think that about does it for another episode of the BCP and me. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us on our journey uh, through this blessed book and for taking some time out to ponder the place of prayer in your own lives and to look for those opportunities to offer back some praise to God and to even implore God for God's ever faithful help. So until next time, Father Joshua, may the peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you.